Welcome to Craft Conversations, where I craft a conversation and I talk a little bit about craft beer. I am your host, Brian Dales, and on this episode, we had Kyle Wallace, Kyle, Kyle Wallace, of the uh, Charleston Brewery List there on Instagram, and also the Cellarman slash Janitor over at Charlestown Fermentary. Uh, yes, I finally figured out how I'm supposed to say that, Fermentary. And uh, we had a great conversation. We talked a lot of things. Uh, we talked a lot about uh, Charlestown Fermentary Beer, uh, all the breweries around town, how he got started on Instagram, uh, where he hails from, all kind of good stuff. So enjoy this episode, guys. So I know we just talked about it a second ago, but now we're recording. So you said, and this is Kyle, by the way, Kyle Wallace. Thank from you, uh, Charlestown Brewery List on Instagram, and we'll get into that. And also, uh, Cellarman slash Janitor is what you say on, on your Instagram, right? Yes, Over there at, uh, Mostly Janitor. Charlestown Fermentory. Do you say Fermentory or Fermentary? You could say it either way. We say Fermentary. Okay. That's what I would say, too, but a lot of people just say Fermentory. It doesn't matter. As long as you drink the beer, we'll answer to it. Right, right. So, we talked a second ago about you were going to start up, or you started, or you were involved in um, a podcast slash YouTube channel at one point? I was. What happened with that? The um, It's one of those deals where technology is kind of hard to keep up with on a very low budget. So the uh, trying to do a video or audio podcast, I found it was easier just to promote more by social media. And the more and more I got involved in the craft beer industry, the more I was actually physically working in the industry and not having that much time to like actually go out and do interviews and uh, podcasts. So right. It just kind of generated into a more working social media thing. Okay. And, um, yeah, we'll get into that here in a second. What do you got over here? Let's open these, because these beers are over here getting warm. Let's go ahead and open a beer and just start off with that. These are Yacht Party, which is the American Lager by Charlestown Fermentary. It okay. is a... Easy going summer drink, perfect for beaches and for boats. Right. For it's kind of like um, uh, like a craft brewery, maybe Budweiser, something something more readily available to less connoisseurs of the craft beer industry. Okay. So kind of an entry level type thing. Yes. Entry yeah, level. for sure. And I usually pull up like an untapped type thing, but I figured. Since you're over there, you'd probably give me a better description than what Untapped would do. But um, is there a good description on Untapped? Do you know? Uh, heck, I don't know. I don't. I don't even follow Untapped. But it is. It's. A, oh, you don't. You don't go on there at all. No, I don't. Uh, it's like I said. It's an American Lager. I think it's four point six percent. Just a nice, easygoing, crisp lager. Right. All right. Well, let's open it up. Give me yours. Well, you go ahead and pour yours. And um, like I said, I just started up this new uh, computer here, this Mac. I normally do a Surface Pro. I don't even have my untapped uh, logged in on this computer right now. So I'd be hard-pressed to figure out even what my login is at this point um, to give you a, an untapped description of this thing. Let's see what we got here. I'll try and see if I can figure it out real quick without wasting too much time. Untapped. So what's, uh, what's your favorite beer over there right now? Do you have the, a favorite? The next one we do. The next one? <laughs> All right. It is, uh, it, the craft beer industry right now is, is such a beautiful time to be there that 
my, my taste buds have changed so much just even over the last six months. There's, uh, there's so much new and great stuff coming out. Um, I really do like Yacht Party. Uh, one of the new ones that you have over there is actually called Swamingo, which is a sour ale. Okay. Uh, sour IPA. Excuse right. me. And, uh, but it has uh, lime, tangerine, uh, lactose, and vanilla. So it's got a nice sweetness to it also, a tart sweetness. And I really like that. I never used to drink those kind of beers. How do you spell yacht? Uh, Y-A-C-H-T. C-H-T. There we go. I got logged in there. So, and these guys are making a resurgence, right? I mean, everybody seems to be making a lager or a pilsner or some kind of light beer at this point. I mean, you even got some malt liquors making a comeback. I know Edmonds Oats has done one. Westbrook has done one here locally. Um, what are your feelings on that? It. I've always said that it goes uh, lager, uh, IPA, uh, milkshake IPA, stouts. Uh, something else and then back to lagers. So I don't think it's so much changing as it's circling back around and then we'll sometime in the future we'll see the next next big beer to take off. Right. We uh, in Charleston we had uh, we had a tremendous amount of breweries pop up in, the, in just a couple of years. Yeah. And so one of the big popular thing was new New England IPAs. Yeah. So personally, I think that it wasn't so much people were burned out of IPAs, they were just ready to go on to something else. And so, I think that's the thing, right? Everybody wants the next best thing. Mm -hmm. uh, people could just get, kind of get burned out. They get, I don't know if it's ADD or whatever, but they get just kind of, uh, they always want the next best thing. And I think, like you said, it's a resurgence now. People are kind of circling back around to the loggers, pilsners, and that's the next best thing, even though it's been around for, since the beginning, really. Right. Yeah. Um, I got burnt out on the New England style IPAs. I don't know how you feel about it, but it seemed like everybody was doing a juicy, hazy IPA and you just couldn't get away from it. And I kind of reverted back to here recently to the West Coast style, American style, you know, more bitter, right. more classic, uh, what you would think of as, as an IPA, but they still have their place for sure. And I love, you know, fermentory stuff or fermentary, however we decided we were going to say it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, we got Zuma, and we have um, Sungazer on right now at Homegrown Brew House, right. and you know the Pallet Rider, the the um, Propulsion. I mean, everything those guys make is just fantastic. Well, thank you. Yeah, but along those lines, talking with loggers is that uh, there's a much more abundance of hops too, and people are more willing to experiment with even a lager with different hops than they might have normally used. Right. So I think that's another reason why people are kind of like going to the next thing is because it's not just a straight lager based on the German purity laws. You know, it's now a lager with two different types of hops or something like that. So sure. It's, it's a, there's a better availability of ingredients than there was even five years ago. Right. That's a fair point. And just to kind of sidebar here, I looked up on taps. So Yacht Party from, uh, from you guys says a lager, American light lager is what it says. And uh, the basic description is dry, clean, American style lager. Which, you know, I don't know if you need much more than that. And I think roughly, exactly what it is. Roughly, we, if you were unofficially to do the math, it'd be like 150, 160 calories. That's why it can be, can be deemed light. Right. Whereas like a normal IPA is usually around 200 and a stout's like 14,000. So. <laughs> 14,000. <000. laughs> You're right. There are some that I think do have that many calories in it for sure. 
Like uh, I was just up at Lowe's Foods earlier today, and they got the birthday bomb on tap from oh, uh, yeah. from Prairie. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's thick. It's got a lot of a lot of stuff going on in it. But um, what is the most popular beer over there right now? I mean, what would you say if you were to say Fermentary had a flagship beer? What is their flagship beer? Well, we try very hard not to have a flagship beer because. Okay. Um, in my opinion, I, I sometimes think breweries, not so much pigeonhole, but if they have one good beer and everybody wants that one good beer, then they're stuck always making that one good beer. Right. So Sungazer was our first very popular beer. Okay. Uh, New England style IPA. But uh, Adam and Justin, the brewer and assistant brewer, they're always looking for, um, they're always looking for something that will appeal that's not just the same old same one that we've always had now i know that if it's if it's good it brings people in along the same line if you still have another new good beer it'll still bring even more people in so it's kind of hard to say that there's a flagship because we rotate through so many different beers we don't right. ever have one beer always on tap okay so it's you know the i was looking today at uh, like rusty bull how they have um belly itcher which is now their flagship beer at the baseball stadium. So now they're kind of, I don't want to say trap, but now they always have to be making that beer to put it in cans to have it at the stadium. Mm -hmm. So whether it sells or not or doesn't sell, it's something that they always have to be aware of that has to be in production. Uh, and I think um, Dockery's is doing a beer too for the Volvo Stadium. So that's something that they always have to have in the plans where they you know, they can't experiment with something new right. or they can't uh, go out on a limb on something. Well, but I mean, they can though, right? I mean, they have enough fermenters and, and uh, barrels to do a ton of different beer. But I mean, to have a niche and to have a beer that you know is going to constantly sell and that is a, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but uh, I can't think of a word now, but something that, like you said, you're going to sell at a, at a baseball game you know that's going to sell, right? I mean, it's it's not really going to be a loss. I mean, it's something that's a gain for 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 you guys or for Rusty Bull or for any of those guys, right? It can be, but what happens after two years when somebody says, "Hey, we've had your beer for two years, but we want to try this new one that this other brewery put out." So it's well, if it that's if it, the whole competition of the thing, yeah, yeah. So it's it can be a good thing. It can be very lucrative. Um, we just at the brewery we try not to pigeonhole into one thing that. Uh, we want we want people to always be looking for what's the next thing coming out, whether right. it's IPA or or what. So, right. And I haven't been over there in quite a while, actually. I'll, I'll apologize right now for not getting over there quite often, but um, it's a little far away. I mean, I'm in Somerville. It's uh, the parking situation seems to be a little iffy sometimes when I go over there. Just depending on the time of day I go over there, obviously. But what is your kitchen situation now is there a full-time kitchen is it still pop-up style or is there it, a food it is, truck it is still pop-up style right now we have every day of the week booked uh rotating and I, I think this week i can't i'm not 100 sure but i don't think we even repeat any one different um food venue so it's like to keep it always rotating sometimes it can be hit or miss which is any Anybody that's in the market with food trucks or food venues like that, there's always something that can happen and they can't show up. Yeah. But we do 
we do pretty good in keeping the kitchen full. Nice. And uh, yeah, anytime I've been over there, the food has been phenomenal. Whoever's been over there, but and we've been lucky enough to have a couple of startup ones that have turned out to be you know very successful. And unfortunately, they go and open their own brick and mortar and get really successful, and they never show up again. Right. But still, it's 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 a nice little rotating market. Yeah. Good. And as far as the parking goes, yeah, Avondale's a it's a tough place to park. Yeah, along the whole that. place over there is just a little. You got to keep circling till you just find something. Yes, <laughs> it doesn't help that Jeans, the Roost, uh, like Voodoo and Venue, and all those places across the street are so popular. And uh, Mellow Mushroom, sometimes the whole block's full. So right, and that could work against you or for you, right? I mean, you could be, you know, it's kind of like the restaurant that has, uh, you know, the velvet rope, and you got a line going out the door. People want to go to that place. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's the place to be. There's a line out the door. Kind of the same thing with you guys, right? I mean, the parking area. Uh, people are circling around trying to find the spot and um, they say, oh, these guys must be popular. You know, people are, are packed over here. Well, I've always, Or just in that area in general, right? Avondale yes. in general. But I've always been very attracted to businesses, not just breweries, businesses that are kind of a little more personal and homey feel. I think sometimes businesses go too generic. We have We have open parking. We have the perfect, you know, menu we have the perfect place you come and eat come on bring 100 people with you right. sometimes i think it's better if it's you can't get 100 people in there you got kind of got to wait a little bit or sure make it a little hard to get to yeah that definitely makes people want to be there i think a little bit more it's just the way the society works right and the good thing about you guys too on a side note is you guys can open the open the doors up or you can close it so like the heat we got going on right now you guys can close it up and be air conditioned, right? Right. We yeah. can, yeah. Yeah. We're, the the building itself used to be a laundromat. Really? So it's uh, the way it's set up, it has a rolling door in the front and a rolling door in the back. And the way we have the tap room arranged, you know, we can get some nice ventilation through there, some sunlight. Everybody can enjoy the uh, Savannah Road traffic. Uh, but yeah, it is, it's a nice little place. Right. Uh, the... It has some uh, structural steel in there. It has some great big I-beams because we think, if I remember correctly, it used to have a second story, but one of the hurricanes took care of it. Okay. So there's some massive steel beams in the back that come from Pittsburgh in like the early 1900s. And uh, it's just a cool architectural feature. Yeah. It's very cool. I, like I said, I wish I could just get over there more often than I do, but it's just a drive. Um for me, from Somerville. But if you live in West Ashley, I mean, it's the premier spot to be, I think. Or one of. Yeah, and you know. we do have a lot of foot traffic, which is which is really nice. Um, it, it's something that sometimes people just like to get out and walk around. So we're yeah. lucky that we have restaurants around us and stuff like that to where people can go and just hang out and then maybe come have a beer or two. Yeah, it's a destination. I mean, you can, like you say, get out. You got different restaurants. You got uh, you know full bars. You got breweries. You got uh, good food. You got German styles. You got just a little bit of everything going on right there. Yes, you do. It's a nice little mesh of of everything, really. What um, what made you start your Charleston Brewery list? That's Charleston what it's called, Brewery right? List, yes. So how did you get started with that? Well, it originally started. Uh, my wife and I moved here about five years ago, but we had been from where? From where? Lexington, Kentucky. Okay. But we had been involved in the craft beer industry in Lexington for a couple years. And while we were there, we noticed that there was so many beer review sites or people talking about the beer or even just the brewery or brewery reviews. 
And we just wanted to do something where we kind of showcase the people and the places as opposed to like a, a venue, if that makes sense. A, a place instead of a venue. Okay. So we started out with uh, Yuli at Fat Pig, whom he hadn't even built his brewery yet. It was just chalk marks on the floor. But he took a chance to just interview with me. <clears throat> now, they used to brew out of a uh, tradesman, correct? Yes, over that's there? correct. Yeah. yeah, he was he was a brewer, tradesman. He started out on his own four years ago. And it just took off from there. And then all of a sudden, I just kept bugging people until they finally let me show up. And... It turned out to be, it's a beautiful industry. I mean, the people, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen a brewery helping another brewery out. Sure. It's, they share ingredients, they share cooler space, and I, we just we fell in love. You know, we, we wanted to try and put the stories out about the people that work there, as opposed to, like, rate the beer. Right. And that's a, that's a fantastic point. Well, first off, what brought you from Lexington to here? I mean, what... Why'd you make that move? So my mom and dad growing up, they always vacation in Fripp Island. I don't even know where that is. Fripp uh, Island. Fripp I've Island. heard of it. Yeah, I think it's a little bit south of Hilton Head. Okay. A small little place. So growing up, we would always stop in Charleston as one of the last stops before going to the island. And just loved the place. Uh, it was just kind of a... The, it was us getting out of Kentucky. So when my wife and I got together... 20-something years ago, the first thing we did was vacation in Charleston. And we decided then that when we got rid of the kids, we were moving here. Mm. So for my daughter's 18th birthday, we told her that we were moving. And we didn't tell them where we were moving to. We just left. But somehow, <laughs> they found their way down here. Yeah. But we just decided we wanted to be... It wasn't so much like the beach or the weather. It's just you, you fall in love with the city. Right. And we fell in love with Charleston. And luckily, uh, one of my co-workers from Lexington, his son was going to the Citadel. So he got a job down here. And then he was able to call me up and say, hey, you want to come work with me? And so in like three months' time, we packed up and moved. Right. And that was at the fermentary? No, no. I actually, my full-time job is electrician for the government. Okay. Uh, I work part-time at the fermentary. Okay. So government contractor then? Uh, no, actually an electrician for one of the college, uh, Trident Technical College. Okay. So it, in theory, it's the government, but it's a college. Right. And it's, I was a electrical contractor for 26 years in Lexington. And so this is my retirement job. Okay. My real hard work is at the fermentary. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> um, how many kids? You said 18 year old daughter? Well, she's uh, 22 now. Oh, okay. And a 29 year old son. Wow. Okay. So cool. And they're both here locally now? They both moved down here with us, and so did my wife's sister. They just Very kept nice. coming and coming. Yeah. We kept moving, and they kept following. That's awesome. I wish I could get my kids to move back here, but they're, <laughs> they're satisfied with the West Coast right now, so they're not, uh, they're not coming here anytime soon. I'm thinking about going that direction, as a matter of fact, but we'll see what happens. But um, you made a good point about the breweries, how they... Yeah, it's not, you know, I've, I've discussed it before on this podcast, but um, it's not like cutthroat like most businesses are. You know, most businesses are like, let's undercut the other guy and let's get rid of the, the other guy that's in competition with us, like a Lowe's or a Home Depot or whatever. It may be McDonald's, Burger King. But uh, the brewery community seems to be 
they always work together. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a community. I mean, that's exactly what it is. And um, they collaborate. They they do they do beers together. Like you said, they share space. They share brewing equipment. Um, they're always promoting each other. It just seems to be a, a totally different animal when it comes to consumerism than all the other businesses out there. It is. I mean, I can't think of another business that does that, really. And I saw where you did an interview with Paul from uh, Holy City. Yep. Uh, one of the nicest guys. Every, the first time I went to talk to him, he just dropped everything he could. He said, come on by, man. Have, have yeah. a beer. Let's sit and talk. Yeah. And there's not a lot of businesses that will do that. You know, there's mm. where they'll take time and say, just come and enjoy yourself and let's chat. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's It really is. There's there's a lot of people. They, <clears> they <throat> want you to succeed. And there's many times I go into a brewery. And I'll hear somebody say, well, where should I go next? And they'll tell them. Yeah. They don't say, stay here. They say, well, go try this or go Absolutely. try this. Yeah. Yeah. Paul is fantastic. And, and every brewery I've been in, in touch with and, and been involved with on this podcast or otherwise, same thing. I mean, they're just super nice people. Um, they'll give you the shirts off their back. They give you a deal. They give you a free pint, whatever. And the same thing. They'll tell you to go, you know, go around the corner to Polly's Island or go around the corner to Freehouse and check out all the other guys um, around us. So, yeah, it's it's a fantastic community, and that's kind of why I started this podcast. And um, I love talking to the breweries and going to the breweries because they're just they're real, they're real, they're real people. And it, it continues. Uh, Justin at Familiaris, I went down and interviewed him <clears> and Colin <throat> before they were built. But every time we go down there, they're always like, "Glad to see you. Come in. Look, look at what we're doing next." You know. Do you want something to drink? It's yeah. come to this event. It doesn't. It doesn't stop. You know, at one visit, they they continue to welcome you every time they come. Yeah. And I'm happy you mentioned Familiaris. Um, I know we're talking about fermentary, but no, no, uh, let's talk about all the birds. Talk about anybody, right? I mean, Familiaris. You know, I did an event last year called Rivercraft uh, 2018. We did it out at a place called Blackwater on the Ashley. We had a bunch of music vent, uh, music people out there. And I asked uh, a few breweries to come out there and support us, Holy City being one of them. Um, uh, Frothy Beard was another one, and Fams Brewing was another one. And Fams, you know, we were trying to get around some of the legal aspects, and I probably shouldn't say, that, say this on the podcast, but we were trying to get around some of the legal stuff, and um, Justin said, screw it, I'm, I'm going to bring some of my beers out there, I don't care what the legal ramifications are, I don't care what the rules are, we're just going to we're gonna enjoy some Fams uh, beer. And that's what he did. He brought his... Uh, he brought himself out there and brought uh, three different beers out there and didn't care what the rules were. He said, I'm going to pour beer for Fans Brewing and, and support your podcast and support this event. And he did it. And um, we didn't get in any trouble. <laughs> so that's, a, that's the good thing. Yeah. Uh, Fans has been one of those breweries that uh, when when I first talked to him, you know, he said, I'm a home brewer. I've been in a small scale. We're going to start up a pizza and brewery. And at that time, Frothy Beard had already been up and running. Right. So in my mind, I was like, all right, well, you already Oh, you're talking about the new, the new one yeah, with, the new with Zombie one. Bob's, yeah. Yeah, it was Zombie Bob's. And I was like, all right, well, you have a benchmark in Charleston. Mm-hmm. But he just, he's been killing it from the word go. A Cup of Clouds oh, is a, a very successful beer. Uh, that's one that I hear in the beer community talked about a lot. And for a brewery that's only been up and going a couple of years, that's... That's great. Yeah, that, that right out the really, box. Really good Killed beer. It. Yes. Yeah, and he brought that out to the event, as a matter of fact. And a matter of fact, uh, this was his first uh, bottle that he did right here. Yeah, Ocean Ocean's Divide. Divide. That was the first uh, bottle release that they did. Fantastic. 
I mean, <laughs> they just, he kills it. He does. Right out the box, he's had no, I don't think he's had any losing beers yet. And, and so funny you bring that up, talking about the beer industry, that beer, uh, one of the fermentary beers, one of the frothy beard beers, I think, personally, is what started to give Westbrook Mexican cake competition here in Charleston. Yeah. Um, people are really stepping up how they package and bottle beers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so Mexican cake is a Westbrook beautiful beer. All their derivatives they have of it. But now there's people that are starting to contest that. So I think it's great for the market. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's great for Westbrook, too, because now they can you know step up their game or go into something else. But I think it's great that we now have, instead of Charleston being known for Westbrook Brewing or known for Westbrook Cake <clears throat> now, or Mexican Cake, now yeah. we have other stuff from, like, FAMS that, you know, it may not be at the same marketing level, but it's getting there. You know, yeah. it's, it's pushing on the borders of it. Right. Which, that's that's great for business. Right. And it kind of goes back to what we were saying. I mean, it's a community of beer around here, but it's still a competition. I mean, you're still trying to produce a better beer than the next guy, really. Um, but I love the collaborations people are doing, too. I mean, that's the, that's the next best thing is um, let's put out a great beer together and not just be about ourselves. Let's help each other put out a tremendous beer. Let's share, share, share each other's ideas and uh, ingredients and brewing space and put out something good together uh where have you heard of seven breweries brewing seven beers together like what the brewery district is doing right that is i mean that's phenomenal that you can get seven breweries over the space of a couple years to do seven different beers yeah that that's great for the community that really is sure it's a it's a huge commitment money time wise but wow i can't i can't applaud that enough that that's a that's a great thing yeah Let's, uh, let's go backwards a little bit. So your Instagram, what's your goal with that? What are you trying to, I mean, I know you said just trying to showcase, you know, local businesses and breweries and things like that, but do you have an end goal in mind? I mean, do you want to go do something else with that? You're trying to grow that, trying to be something different, trying to make a new business out of it? Uh, absolutely not. I'm not trying. All I want to do is if I could get more followers just because I promote the local businesses, that's great. Other than that, I'm just here for the beer. Right. Um, and I feel the exact same way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got an income. I'm retired Air Force. I mean, I'm not really trying to make a killing off of a podcast, but um, I just like promoting my town and specifically Somerville. Obviously, I live here in Somerville, so I promote a lot of uh, local musicians and I, I try and promote the local breweries as much as possible. But just the low country in general. Um, I'm just here to help people out, man, really. I mean, I'm not trying to make a buck off of anything. If it happens, fantastic. But, yeah, it's just all about promoting people and and the place I live, it specifically. Is. But And while we're talking Somerville, let's talk <clears throat> about Oak Road. They've, yeah. they've expanded. They're doing, man, some beautiful beers right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Hellas that I had. Loggers. Yeah, Loggers. Yeah. Um, somewhat controversial, you know, them saying they're going a lager centric brewery. I mean, that's a bold statement to make, Yeah. but the beers they're putting out there right now, uh, they don't have a bit of problem backing it up. Well, I used to work there as well. I worked at Coastal Coffee right next door and I worked at Oak Road as well, but, um, yeah, they're German centric for sure, but they're definitely, um, 
leaning more towards uh, the lager life is what they call it. You know, they were doing a lot of uh, porters and stouts and some IPAs and things. And I think they're just kind of giving it all up to mm-hmm. just do the lager style beers. And they do a fantastic job at it. And I'm not going to lie, um, when they first started out, not so good. <laughs> you know, not like Fans Brewery where they, they came out right out the box doing mm-hmm. fantastic beers. They took a while to grow and get there. And they were, um, they had a lot of makeshift uh, equipment that they had put together. And they, uh, they've even got a new podcast. Um, uh, what the hell is the name of it? Brewery Life, I think it's called. Huh. They just started a new podcast here recently with uh, Caleb Choir, who used to be on this podcast, as a matter of fact. He's uh, started a new thing over there with Oak Road. And I think they're going to do a... Uh, what they say, a weekly maybe, a monthly, bi-weekly, I don't know. Um, the Brewery Life, I think is what it's called. Let me look that up real quick. But yeah, they're, they're doing some new stuff over there. They're listed in the uh, as one of the fastest growing breweries in the in the, uh, the low country, or is it South Carolina, or is it in general? I'm not even sure. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen that. Yeah. They're one of the fastest growing breweries... Maybe it's in South Carolina. I don't know. I don't want to state uh, false information, but um, Brewery Life Podcast. And Instagram is having problems again today. It was down almost all day yesterday. I don't know if you knew it, but um, I can't get any info on it. But yes, it's the... Brewery Life is what it's called, but Instagram is not working right now, so... Cool, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, they've done one episode so far, and they're pretty much uh, trying to do just a life, a day in the life of a, of a brewer. You know, the mishaps, the funny stuff that happens, mm-hmm. um, the good stuff, whatever, a day in the life of a brewery. And now I think that uh, they all still have uh, day jobs, too, don't they, Brian? Works at MUSC? No, well, yeah. Brian is a paramedic, um, the head brewer over there, and, and one of the owners. Uh, ben is a government contractor. He works mm-hmm. for SRC. Um, both the wives, uh, one of them is active duty military, one of them is a teacher. So, yeah, they all have day jobs. Yeah, so that's they're putting that on top of working at the brewery, too. Yeah, for sure. And they do a great job at it. I loved it over there. I just uh, I moved on. I moved on to to bigger and better things over there at uh, Homegrown Brewhouse. But um, I'm still on the books as a uh, if they need a person to come work or, or sling some beers. I still go over there and, and serve beers over there at Oak Road. So that's good. I love them. They are the first, and uh, they were the first. Well, they're still kind of the first and only brewery in Somerville because Wide Awake Brewing is technically technically Berkeley County. Yeah, Berkeley County. Yeah. yeah. Have you been over there? I have. Uh, Eric was, uh, I went over there when they were be- being built and kind of helped him out a little bit on a couple things. A um, couple of his beers, I think, have done quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice guy. He has a great little spot. Um, I'm always a little iffy on a brewery in a strip shop because you never know if the brewery's going to do good, but nothing else is going to take off. But he seems right. to be doing quite well. I think he is. Yeah, I haven't been over there in, in a little bit. Um, I did a, a podcast with them actually before they opened, and I've been over there since then. Uh, their opening weekend and a couple other times, and everything I've tried has been solid. 
and um, they got uh, live music over there now. They're doing trivia. They got uh, food trucks. Pretty much every day, I think that they're open. They have a food truck over there. I think. I think when I talked to him, he said he was going to have sixteen or eighteen taps. I can't remember, but the last that I looked, I think he had fourteen beers on tap. That's great. Yeah, so he's right off the box doing a lot of uh, different stuff, mm-hmm. and he he decided to to not go with the standard. You know, I'm going to do just uh, four or five beers and, and get those out there and perfect them. He just said, I'm going to do every freaking thing. Right. And he's done all kind of different styles. I mean, styles I hadn't even heard of. And um, they're doing real well, from what I understand. I need to get back over there and, and take a look and see what's going on. But Yeah, I haven't been back up there in probably about five weeks, four or five weeks. Yeah, it's been a couple months for me probably. But the days I want to get over there, um, I'm usually working, so... It's you're, tough. You're probably like me. Um, my wife and I, Christy, we have breweries that are either close to where we work or on the way, and then we have destination breweries. Right. Uh, Wide Awake is one. Oak Road's one. Um, Indigo Reef that just opened up out Clements Ferry. Yeah, I they're, didn't do that one. They're they're a destination. I mean, I'm they do great with the crowd that's out there, but you you, you got to want to go there if you're anywhere other than that area of the of the city right um traffic is you know 526 to get there right so it's it's kind of like a saturday visit right so that's um clemens ferry so that's close to dockery's i guess no uh dockery's is officially daniel island okay so it's inside the the small city there daniel island uh indigo reef is on the outside of clemens ferry heading out of town okay so where it goes from four lanes to two Mm-hmm. There's a shopping center just off to the right at that area, and that's where they're at. Okay. So they're a little ways out there. Yeah, so you couldn't hit Dockery's and that kind of in the same time. If you wanted to. <laughs> well, that's true, yeah, if you had enough time, yeah. But I'm just talking, you know, mo- a lot of places have what you call destinations. I mean, you got uh, if you go over to Westbrook, you can kind of hit Ghost Two Blokes and Ghost Monkey. Right. If you go over to the Brewery District, of course, you got all that going on. If you get a Holy City, you got Polly's Island, you got Free House, kind of in that same area. Um, what else you got? Well, you Common can, House, you got Coast around the corner, and the Holy new City Holy City. There. Yeah, the yeah. new Holy City. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people kind of group together, and I like that. And uh, like you said, you know, Paul or somebody else will say, "Well, yeah, don't stay here all day. Go around the corner to our friends over here, Polly's Island. Mm-hmm. Check out their beer." So I like that these people kind of group together, and I think that's good for business, and I think it's good for the community and the collaborations that they do for sure. But Indigo, yeah, I haven't been to that one yet. Chris um, used to be the assistant brewer at Two Blokes. Okay. So he does have, and he's an avid home brewer. He's part of a, a Low Country Libations. So he's he's got some great brewing experience under his belt. Awesome. His uh, his beer's pretty darn solid right off, right off the bat. Yeah. What's their um, What's their hours over there, do you know? Indigo? Uh, I think originally they were Wednesday through Saturday, but they've been doing so well, I think they're expanding. Okay. Just because, I think their hardest problem has been getting food trucks. Um, okay, so they don't have a kitchen. No, they do not have a kitchen at this time. And I think, I can't remember the actual legal rules, but I think in the future there's going to come a time to where South Carolina law requires you to have food available. Really? 
or it's going to be a certain percentage of your income has to come from food, and they want that to be to where when people are drinking, they have the availability of food. Okay. So they'll probably have to start looking for a more available food source in the future. Right. I'm not opposed to that. No, I like, I like to have food when I go to a brewery, for mm -hmm. sure. If you were to, I don't want to pin you down, but I ask this question to a lot of people, but what would be your favorite brewery? I don't have a favorite brewery. I have um, a favorite style of beer associated with the brewery. Okay. So, like, if I want, if I'm just in the mood for a pub beer, uh, I go to Two Blokes. Okay. Uh, if I'm in the mood for stouts, uh, it would be Common House or Westbrook. All right. Fair enough. Um, you know, IPAs, juicy IPAs, I would have to say, the fermentary. Right. Um, I love going to Frothy Beard because they always have something unusual. And I don't mean like, you know, really weirdly out there, but they'll, they'll have something just a little bit different than the yeah. normal. They have quite a few taps. Loggers, uh, Somerville. I mean, uh, Oak Road. Sure. Um, I really enjoy going to, it's a toss-up right now, between Munkle and Fat Pig for like a Belgian-style beer. Right. They're, they're I almost, have, have not been to Fat Pig yet. You need you lose a great I mean, guy. we get a lot on on draft at Homegrown Brewhouse, but uh, and I've had some of their beer when they were brewing out of Tradesman, but haven't been to their new location. It just seems every time I'm out there, they're closed or it's a holiday or just it doesn't seem to be the right time whenever mm -hmm. I'm, I'm out that direction. But but I like your take on that. That's that's a very good take on it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it depends on what I'm in the mood for because everybody has kind of their own niche, right? Mm-hmm. Low Tide, um, one of my favorites from them is their uh, Basil Better Have My Honey. Yeah. Um, I don't always want it, but every once in a while, you know, let's go to Low Tide because they don't right. have it there. and Maybe a glitter beer or two. <clears throat> and that's one of those ones that's just, it's too far out for me, man. I mm -hmm. just, I very rarely hit it. But uh, when I do, it's great. But it's it's way far away from where I am over here. It is. Yeah. Uh, as of right now. Charleston has 29 operating breweries, one on hold, three built or two building, and three and one in planning. Mm -hmm. So the great thing is, is that there's something for everybody spread out through everywhere. Right. Um, unfortunately, the other side of that is, like you said, if you live uh, in Somerville, you know, going out to Low Tide or going up to, or excuse me, if you live in Mount Pleasant, going to Somerville or going out, you know, Johns Island, it's you got to want to go that way. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to get back. That's the, that's yeah, the big thing. Yeah, you got to get back. <laughs> that's, that's the big thing. Yeah. Um, but I think what's going to happen is, and hopefully, you know, we've got Somerville now, we got Wide Awake Brewing. I hope things are going to start getting too saturated in, in the low country proper and, and start kind of gradually working their way up toward our direction here in Somerville. And we're going to get more and more breweries up here. And I think we will, just looking at uh, the plants opening, the Volvo plant opening mm -hmm. up and stuff. Um, Nexton, I think there's a brewery and plans in Nexton already. Okay. Um, I know that there's one, another one planned, uh, I think on Daniels Island. And one even in North Charleston, where, I mean, I know that's, that's not like close-ish, but it's still it's closer, like, Snafu's closer for you than going all the way down to a, like coast or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I used to like it when Snafu was there and of course Frothy Beard when they used to be off of Ashley Phosphate, but what can you do? Sometimes you gotta drive a little bit. Or Uber or Lyft or whatever you gotta do to get to, to where you're going, but
Oh man, there's so many, <laughs> so much good beer out there. What, what's your favorite brewery in general? Do you have a favorite, you know, United States brewery? Uh, probably West Six in Lexington, Kentucky. That was never heard of it. That was my very first brewery I ever went to. That was where I fell in love with craft beer, and they, to me, they still continually put out a good West Coast IPA. Okay. And then a good Imperial Stout. Um, the West Coast IPA is just called West Coast. I mean, excuse me, West Six. Excuse me, West Six IPA. So West Six is the name of the brewery. Yes. Okay. It's on West Sixth Street. All right. And uh, they do a great Imperial Stout called Snake Eyes. Um, I'm fortunate to be part of a, a beer trade group on Facebook that uh, we have, I have a person that lives back up there, so we get them shipped down here occasionally. Right. Whether it's the best in the nation, don't know, but it's my favorite. Yeah. And you used to have family back up there to, as well? I mean, mom, dad, sisters, brothers, whatever? Uh, I have my mother still up there, but that's it. Okay. Everybody else has gone their separate ways or followed us. Right. So do you get up there often? No, not too much, but occasionally. Once a year, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. I have never been to anything in Kentucky. I've driven through it. I used to live in Illinois for a little while, right outside of St. Louis, and I would drive back you know, through Kentucky on the way back here to see family, but never stopped anywhere in Kentucky. Are you a um, whiskey or bourbon fan of any kind? Absolutely, yeah. The, the bourbon trail is one of the most popular things. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, it's... You've done it. I've done it, and I had the pleasure of helping build uh, Labro and Graham's Distillery, which does Woodford Reserve. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a time... One of my I, favorites. There was a time I could have put my hand on 100 whiskey barrels just for the taking. Yeah. It was like if I just carried them off the lot. Now, for free. For free, yeah. All I had to do was put them on a trailer carry them off. And I was like, I don't want those things. Nobody's yeah. going to want those. Right. But, yeah. Now you wish you had them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Westbrook does that quite often, right? They do a, a 50 bucks for a, for a barrel or something like that. And it'll be second or third use barrel. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, I've been over there before and I've put my hands on bourbon barrels from Woodford Reserve. It's really cool. Yeah. And speaking of that, I, I don't think I've seen much from the fermentory guys, right? A lot of barrel aging stuff. Well, the, we just got done doing, uh, El Rayo, which was a tequila barrel-aged beer, okay. and this weekend we're releasing Subjective Reality, which is a Chardonnay, a two-year-old Chardonnay barrel-aged golden ale. Nice. So we're we're just, and we have done um, a Stackhouse, which was a pancake uh, imperial stout that we did with Daps, uh, which is a restaurant. Right, restaurant. downtown, yeah. Yeah, downtown. Yeah, I've interviewed... Uh... Uh, Jeremy or uh, the um, beer Dick? girl meets world or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. Anna. 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 Yeah, she's yeah, been she's, on the podcast for. Yeah, I've done a lot yeah. of work with her. She's she's a great gal. Yeah, very good. Uh, we've done that in Imperial Stout and in Rum Barrels. So nice. we've done a little bit of stuff. Okay. Yeah, I guess I just hadn't seen it, but like I said, we normally purchase the uh, we being homegrown brew house the. Uh, the Mars Express, the Zuma, mm -hmm. the Propulsion, the Pallet Rider, the Sun Gazer, all the IPA type stuff, but the Sessions, yeah, that's our big standard over there. Because they're great. They're fantastic. People love them. They go like daps, hotcakes. Yeah. yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're very good. 
Very good. So, man, I remember when I passed you that day on Dorchester Road, and I saw the back of your damn Jeep. And had, <laughs> you know, you got your own logo there, your Instagram thing going on the back of, on the back tire there, man. I was like, God damn it. I wish I had something like that on my car, some, some advertisement. But that's very clever. Well, thank you. I tell you, it's just, it's literally grown out of nothing. And I I never thought it would even get 100 followers on Instagram. Right. So I'm... I'm tickled by by anybody that's in, involved in the industry that follows us. Um, literally, all we want to do is help promote beer and everybody involved with it. Sure. So it's it's just it's snowballed really. Uh, I wish I could afford to quit my real job and follow it, but uh, yeah. unfortunately, there's not a lot of pay involved, and in, as you know, in the craft beer industry too. Right. Yeah. If you could go. I don't know. What's the next question here? Well, hey, let's ask you. What's your favorite beer and what's your favorite brewery? Um, that's a good question. Um, I really, I really, 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 you know, I spent a lot of time over in the West Coast. I was stationed in uh, Las Vegas for a few years. Spent a lot of time in, in California and those places. And I fell in love with Green Flash. I think Green Flash is one of the best West Coast IPAs out there. So I would have to say Green Flash is one of my favorites for sure. Um, I'm a huge fan of uh, Ballast Point as well. I'm a West Coast guy, I guess I could say. I like West Coast beers. I think they do a fantastic job over there. Not that we don't do a fantastic job over here on the East Coast, but I've really, I really fell in love with West Coast beers. So, do you think there's a difference between, like, Upper West Coast and Lower West Coast IPAs? So, like, if somebody from here in Charleston says, oh, I had a West Coast IPA, would you say, like, where did you have it from? Um, I don't think so. I think they all do a pretty, a pretty solid, I think they do pretty similar jobs. Kind yeah. of dry, resiny, piney. Right. A little bit of... A little more... Bitter. Hot, hot bite to it, yeah, mm -hmm. bitterness bite to it. Even though, you know, the New England-style IPAs have actually more hops in them than, than the West Coast IPAs, but they, they just because they're unfiltered or whatever it is, I'm not sure what the what the, the chemistry is there, but they're not as hop. You know, people think hops, they think bitter. Right. Um, but a New England-style IPA has more hops usually than a West Coast or American-style IPA, and it's not as bitter, so... They're using them differently in the boil, you know, whether I guess it's be a, a flavoring hop or a, a finishing hop versus a bittering hop. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it just depends on where they place it in the boil, I guess. But um, but I just, yeah, I like that, uh, that resiny kind of hop bite to it. That's my favorite. Uh, let's see. Um, I did have another. So what would be like your equivalent here in Charleston for a good West Coast? You may have already said this. No, me. I haven't said it. Um, <clears throat> I would probably go to Holy City. I mean, Holy City does... I don't really recall them doing much of the, the, the New England-style IPAs. I mean, they pretty much stick to an American or West Coast-style mm -hmm. IPA or pale ale. So I, I, what, Holy City is my go-to. If you're going to ask me what my favorite brewery is in town, it's Holy City. 
And I'll but I like what I like your answer that you had was it depends on what kind of beer I'm looking for because that's that definitely makes a difference. But Holy City overall, I think you know they have a, a plethora of beer. They have a great food menu. They have great fantastic people. They have a great venue. Uh, the new venue is going to even be even even more fantastic. But I just think overall, if I'm wrapping it all up into one big uh, bow, Holy City just does it for me. I mean, all right, that's, that's so my place to go. I, I have my own opinion on this, but I'm curious what yours are. What do you think the crowd's going to differ from the old location to the new location? That's a good question. I mean, do I think it's going to be a different clientele? Yeah, I think so for sure. Yeah, Park Circle has its own clientele, and it's you know right off of Park Circle. But I think it's going to be a little more bougie, I guess you could say. It's going to be a little different clientele than what's going on over there at the old location for sure. And I think Not so. that that's a bad thing or a good thing or whatever. It's in, it's indifferent, but it's going to be a different clientele, and you're going to have a lot of the old clientele that are going to cross over to that location as well. So it's going to be a mix of, uh, you know, kind of an old downtown sketchy uh, North Charleston location to the new kind of hip yeah, Park I, Circle location. I think that's what's going to be one of the neat things about <clears throat> it is are the people that are used to the garage brewery. Right. Going to be able to enjoy the air conditioned, nice seating, you know, enclosed area as right. much as they did. Even though the beers will be the same, the staff will be the same. Yeah. Uh, the food hopefully will be the same because they do have a great kitchen. Right. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, and you know, from what Paul told me during the interview that I did with him, is is the old location is still going to have a presence there for a little while, and it might have a huge presence there for a long time but they're not quite sure what they're going to do with that old location yet but from what i had heard originally was they were still going to maintain some sort of tap room there and that would kind of be their barrel aging and and uh, souring location for the most part mm -hmm. kind of an open air fermentor fermentation type thing uh the new location would be you know kind of uh i don't know a little more subdued and like you said, air conditioning, you know, it's going to have uh, table service and all this kind of cool stuff that they've got going on. I mean, when I sat down and talked with Paul, and a lot of it didn't get on the, the episode because we were kind of cut for time. I think we did 12 minutes or something that, that day. I was expecting to sit down for an hour with Paul, but he had something come up that we couldn't sit down for that long. But from what from the walkthrough we did before we started the episode, I'm blown away by what the thought process that they put into that location and what they're going to do over there, people are going to be amazed by it. Mm -hmm. It's going to be phenomenal. It, it might be one of the best spots in town from what he told me that they're going to do and, and everything they put into it and all the thought that they put into each intricacy of that place. It's going to be wild. It and, is. And I cannot look... You know, I'm looking forward to that more than I've looked forward to any brewery here in town. I think it's a it's a really neat place. Um, I had the pleasure of doing work at the Codfather mm -hmm. and doing work on the roof and watching some of the tanks go in. And then shortly after that, I got to see the the new brew house, which is just <clears throat> them and uh, Edmonds Oast Brewing. The mm -hmm. those two brew houses are. I mean, my hats off to the people that run those. They are just gigantic starships of of breweries or uh, brew houses right they are beautiful things uh how you keep track of everything going on there is beyond me yeah 
And I think, yeah, Holy City is one of the pioneers of, of the brewery, you know, town here in Somerville, or not Somerville, the Low Country, you know, along with Coast and Palmetto and some of the other guys that have been around a long time. And I think they're getting ready to, to hit a resurgence that they're not even ready for. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not going to be able to accommodate <laughs> the people that are going to come in and flock to this new location, I think. But, And I hope, you know, People don't talk about Coast a lot anymore, to be honest with you. Coast does a, a lot of standard. Uh, they've done the same thing just year after year after year. They do a great job at it. They make phenomenal beer, and they, and they continue to, to produce that every year. But I think they're getting ready to make a big uh, resurgence as well. Yeah, they've already started work on their expansion next door. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't realize is that uh, Jamie with Coast... They were very instrumental in getting the beer laws passed in oh, Charleston. 100%. I mean, probably the most instrumental. Yeah, the, the work the that they laws. did really paved the way for the rest of the breweries in Charleston. 100%. Uh, just, and it, you're right, It is Coast is kind of overshadowed a little bit uh, by Palmetto. <clears throat> Palm, some people consider Palmetto Charleston's old, oldest brewery. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I remember my history correctly, there, there's been Excuse an me. operating brewery called Palmetto starting in the late 1800s but it's been it has it's not the same entity it is now right um, something like that yeah and I, I think by operating i mean it was on then off on on off so right but uh yeah palmetto coast and holy city have been <clears throat> three real great pioneers of this city yeah. as far as craft beer right and i think uh yeah holy city and i mean palmetto's you know had a resurgence you know with the with being Merged with Catawba, whatever, they they're putting out much much better stuff and and more. It's getting distributed, you know, into a wider scope. But <clears throat> I think Coast and um, Holy City are getting ready to take off. And I know from talking with um, Hank at Common House, they're really excited to have Holy City there because now you have more than one brewery to be a destination. You know, you come to Common House, oh, well, make sure you hit Holy City and go on over the coast. Uh, they're all, you know, I, I, in my opinion, and, and... I mean, you got the brew cellar right there, so they're yeah. not a brewery, but yeah, that's... Oh, the guys at brew cellar are awesome. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious on your opinion. I think that <clears throat> three breweries are a good, like, day tour. Yeah. Um, sometimes I think four... You know, people get a little too much in them. Is a little too much. Two is kind of, but I think three breweries is kind of like the perfect little day tour. I think so too. Yeah. So you know, with Common House, Holy City, and Coast being all right there, and it kind of it kind of hurts Freehouse and Polly's Island with Holy City moving their presence kind of out of that little area because you had a great little corridor right there. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, for sure. Besides. Besides conflicting hours, let's put it that way. I mean, Holy City's open seven days a week, and you got Polly. Oh, when are they open? I don't know. Free House, when are they open? Who, who knows? Oh, I mean, well, Free House is only open uh, <laughs> yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I think. Right. And it, it's always been kind of uh, befuddled me that, you know, why would you not have the same hours as Holy City or Polly's Island? Same mm-hmm. thing. Why would not all three of those people maintain the same hours and have a round robin, like you said, where you hit all three of these breweries every day that you go down there. Mm-hmm. Why would they not maintain the same hours? It is, I guess they figured out themselves it's not cost-effective, I guess. That's the only reason I can think of. And I know that Mondays used to be the day off for breweries. 
Right. So you used to be able to hardly find anybody but Holy City open on Mondays. Yeah. But now that's kind of, <clears throat> you know, gone by the wayside too. Right. But still, I mean, even even still, I mean, you got what Famulars, you got um, or Fams, I guess is what he wants to be called. You got Holy City. You got uh, Frothy Beard. Uh, who else is open seven days a week? Uh, the fermentary is. Common House is. Fermentary, Common House, okay. Uh, Polly's maybe now. I don't think they are. Or maybe not Mondays. Um, but there's not many, right? I mean, Edmonds O's, I guess. Ed Edmonds O's, yeah. Yeah. Actually, all three of those are of Edmonds. The brewery, the exchange, and the restaurant. Right. Um, Coast is in, I think, mm -mm. Palmetto is, maybe? Maybe. Revelry? Revelry's open. Yeah, they Revelry's got the open seven days a week, yeah. I don't know. There's a few of them, I guess. More, more so than there used to be. I mean, it used to be brewery hours were very limited. You had to kind of pick and choose when you could go. But, but I mean, even the big brewery, I mean, Westbrook, I mean, you think of that as the, the mega brewery of, of the low country, right? I mean, they're the biggest guy. They're the most distributed. Um, they're, they're one of the low country breweries not, that They're not like very accessible. A nationwide presence. But, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. I don't know why they wouldn't be open seven days a week. They don't have to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. They don't have to be. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Revelry, you've been to The Hold? Oh, I love The Hold. What a great program there. Fantastic. And the fact that, um, I doggone it, now I can't remember the drink. The um, Is it the Beer Hatton? Beer, beer Manhattan? That they actually have like... Beer combo drinks there too. I think is really yeah. kind of interesting. I haven't done any of that, but we get we get a lot of the whole you know bottles at Homegrown, so I drink a lot of them on on uh, out of a bottle. But I've been to the whole twice now, and phenomenal. I love it. Uh, it's a, a really neat niche flagship program for them. Yeah. Um, and you know what an undertaking ha having your own wild program in the middle of downtown Charleston, where they say you know hey. Stuff from I-26, come and get in our beer. Yeah. Yeah, that's, a lot of people don't understand that, but that's, what a great way to get new beer, new tasting beer. Yeah. I don't know, well, I would assume that their main brewery does more business than the hold, because the hold is kind of a niche, you know, it's sours, barrel-aged stuff or whatever, that's not for everybody, but, um, so I was going to say I wonder which does more business, but obviously... The rooftop. Yeah, I mean, the rooftop. A reverie does the most business over there for sure. When I was uh, when I was talking with um, that guy, I can't even think of the owner's name now. Not Hunter, not Sean, Ryan. Okay. When I was talking with Ryan when they originally were building the rooftop, and I saw the massive amount of steel going in there, and I was like, Ah, man, that'll never be popular. Yeah. <laughs> no one's ever going to walk up all those steps to drink beer. Yeah. And now you go there on Saturdays or something, there's a waiting line to get upstairs. Any day, really. I mean, you, you go over there during, uh, you know, sunset, and it's packed. Mm -hmm. Any day of the week. Yeah. Well, man, I wish I had an idea like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, fermentary. Needs a rooftop, right? Uh, Avondale zoning laws. <laughs> oh, they won't do it? I, I don't know, but, yeah, know, that's... Putting a roof on a building and making it accessible to everybody kind of changes a whole lot of things. Yeah. Well, I don't know how they get get away, you know, talking about the rooftop there, Reverie. I, I don't know how they get away with that 
<laughs> the the steps on the way up there, man. It just seems like that would be a, a big liability. It's a long way down. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long way down. Yeah. I've come down those steps a couple of times and I'm like, ooh, man. That is rough. So what do you do in your spare time, Kyle? Anything besides electrical work, brewery work, uh, driving around promoting other breweries, beer, whatever? Well, uh, I usually try and make uh, Christy, my wife, happy. Who's out? She's Mrs. List on Instagram uh, by trying to keep up the yard work in the pool. Okay. And taking her out of town every once in a while. Right. But that that's a full life right there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very fortunate that I have a lot of friends that are in the brewery industry that uh, there's always a weekend event going on. I mean, like, um, right now I'm involved, like I, I told you, on the uh, the Divas. So oh, That was one of my notes, was the, the, the Divine Divas. <laughs> divine Divas. To ask you about that, yeah. Because so, um, that's why you couldn't make it last night. We were supposed to do this last night. So, uh, Jason Allen Kirk who works with the Palmetto Community Care. Uh, he's done the Charleston Beer Garden, which is now the Charleston Beer Fest, okay. which that's the yearly beer event that took over after uh, Coast quit having Revival. Okay. And which was what? 2017? Was that the last one I did? Or 18? I'd have to look at my t-shirt. I think it was 17. 17? Yeah. Which I love Revival. What a... Mm -hmm. So they, they've kind of grown and take over from that, and their their other fundraiser is called, uh, every year they have, like this year it's based on uh, Alice in Wonderland's uh, Mad Hatter. So okay. it's called Gay Bingo, but basically it's a bunch of people getting together to raise money for Palmetto Community Care. And I was nominated by my wife to be a representative up there. Uh, we get up there. The first half of the event, we basically <clears throat> go around and help out with the bingo. Uh, you know, we serve beers, we usher people to their seats, and then we may have a dance number in the second half while we're dressed up. But in the end, it's still uh, a bunch of people coming together to raise money. Right. And uh, luckily, one of my dance parser, partners is Michael from Frothy Beard. Okay. And uh, there's a couple other beer representatives in there because Jason and Palmetto Community Care is really big in the craft beer industry. Um, the Beer Fest has all the local breweries, period. Right. Um, they they always do different events at Keep going. each of the breweries. And, uh, the, you know, it's, it's one of those deals where they're such a big supporter of the local community that everyone else wants to help su support him, too. Right. So it's it's something I'm I'm never done before. Yeah, I guess stepping outside your comfort zone is always good. We'll we'll see how this turns out. <laughs> but uh, it's it's for good people and for a good cause. <clears throat> well, that's what it's all about, right? Yeah. Good people, yeah, good is. causes. Divine Divas. So do you dress up? I mean, what's going on over here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we dress up. Uh, I have to pick my own costume out. I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing yet, but uh, they've, they've offered guidance as far as dress and makeup. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, 
apparently I have to learn how to dance in women's shoes too. So <laughs> you mean high heels? Uh, well, I think I can wear clogs or something like that too. So I may have to go with something a little more stable than high heels. Yeah. I don't think I'm gifted enough to do that. I don't think so either. I mean, <laughs> myself, yeah, for sure. Hmm. But you, it, it's funny how, and, and you probably know when you when you dedicate yourself to something, you you find out how far it spreads. So when you say I'm going to support this, you sometimes find yourself going, "Wow, I, was, I don't think I would have done that on my own." Right. <laughs> True. Like, uh, for example, the um, every year Holy City does a kayaking tour as part of um, the Beer Fest, or not the Beer Fest, the Beer Week. Okay. They have a little country boy on kayaking. Never been kayaking before until uh, I went out on that before. I thought, man, how it's still water, you know, how much fun would it be to get on a kayak and go out there and drink beer? Right. Man, which I was going to ask you about beer week, but um, yeah, kayaking. Um, and Paul told me they're going to have actually a launch right there at the new location where you can put your your kayak in right there at, at the new at the new location. Right. So that's going to be fantastic. <clears throat> and you can, um, I think, maybe you can kayak over to uh, coast. I think he said. I'm not sure. That's that's one of the things that I regret. I haven't done a whole lot of. There's a lot of the waterways of Charleston that are beautiful. I have not spent a lot of time on them. Yeah. Just because coming from Kentucky, you don't have a lot of waterways. Unless really? You, There's not much water there? Unless you want to travel up to the Ohio River or go to one of the lakes. Okay. So, but it's quite abundant down <clears> here. <throat> yeah, we got the... Um, what else you got over here? You want to open another beer? Sure. What do you got? You can either do... Uh, that's, that's, that's more Yacht Party. Yeah, that's more party, Yacht Party. Right? You can either do uh, the Telstar, which is Telstar 4. That's that's that one. That's the fourth version of a repeating series of double IPA. All right, let's do it. Telstar. So, yeah, I mean, I just got back... Um, what's today? Today is Wednesday, so Sunday. Sunday, I went out uh, on the Edisto with a friend of mine, Gordon Peters. We go out quite often on the kayaks, and we're we're trying to traverse the entire Edisto River, which the Edisto River is the longest blackwater river in the United States, as a matter of fact, 250 miles, and um, we're trying to do the whole thing. So we just went out and did. Uh, this past Sunday, we did, depending on whose GPS you look at, his or mine, 9 to 12 miles of the Edisto River. So we are probably, we were trying to figure it out. I have to go back and look at the numbers and uh, the maps that we've done. We're probably close to about 80 miles of, of the 250 miles of the Edisto so far. So it's fantastic. Kayaking is something I picked up once I moved back to here. Well, I did some, I guess, in, in Alaska and uh, Las Vegas, but something I've really picked up, and I've bought my own kayak now. I have it down in the garage since I've been back here in the Lowcountry, and it is so therapeutic to just get out on the water for six, seven, eight, ten hours mm -hmm. and be out and be part of nature and just be on the water and hear the sounds of nature and and uh, get some exercise and whatever, uh, drink some beer, some great beer, local beer. 
Um, I would highly recommend it to anybody, especially here in the Lowcountry. There's so many waterways that you can get out to, you know, the, the Ashley River, the Edisto River, the beaches, whatever. It's phenomenal. So now you got to kind of help me on this because growing up, okay. um, the only thing I knew about kayaks was what you saw of those guys going down, like the white water stuff. So right. the, the gear is a little bit different. The boats are a little bit different down here. Yeah. It's uh, Well, I mean, white water, you know, these are uh, like the Edisto River. It's not a dammed river. There's no dams. or any, You're not going to get any white water. It's all just a flowing one and a half to two miles an hour um, uh, flowing river and it all goes one direction you know out to, to toward the ocean if you get on like the Ashley River it's a tidal river so you have to contend with the tide coming in and out so you might go out to the Ashley River let's say we go over here to uh, Oak Brook Landing here in Somerville the depending on the tide the water might be coming in or it might be going out so you have to if you go out there for an hour or so you might have you might go against the, the tide going one direction and you ride the tide back in the other direction. So the Edisto, the great thing about it is it's all one direction. You're all just going uh, downriver. You can go up against it, I guess, if you wanted to, if you want a little bit of a challenge, but we always ride it down. So, yeah, it's not like a rapid. I mean, it's just very calm. Um, yeah, just easy going. I mean, you can paddle a little bit if you want to, or you can just sit back and let the water just kind of take you down the river. Have the rains affected it very much lately? or? Yeah, the rains will um, will pick up the level of the river and the flow of the river, is, of course. So, yeah, the rain definitely affects it. Yeah. Do you, like, fish or anything on it <laughs> while, you, while you go or you just paddle? We have along? not. And I say we, you know, me and, and my buddy Gordon Peters, we go down all the time. Um, we keep... We keep saying here recently that we are going to take a rod and reel down with us and try and do some fishing on the way down, but we haven't yet. But plenty of people do. Now, I saw on your last Instagram post that you did have a couple beers. What were the last two beers you had on there? On the Edisto River, um, we did a Super Cluster IPA from Lagunitas. We did a Hoppin' Pills from Westbrook Brewing Company. Uh, oh, yeah. How is that? I, I almost it's, bought it from Bruce Seller the other day. It's very good. Yeah, we had it on draft at Homegrown Brew House, and we got it in cans over there, 16-ounce cans. And then we had the Azaka uh, Rinse and Repeat yep. from uh, Westbrook right. as well. And I think we had a couple other things, but those are the three main beers we had out there that day. We did a Key Lime, key lime Pie Ghoster from Westbrook as well. We had a lot of Westbrook beers mm -hmm. out there, as a matter of fact. Yeah, but they were all great. They're all great river beers, for sure. The Hoffenbills probably is my favorite so far. A beach beer, river beer, just a nice, clean Pilsner. Yeah, I held the four-pack. when Last time I was at the brew cellar, I held the four-pack for a couple minutes trying to decide, because I, unfortunately, I'm on a budget every once in a while. So right. uh, I can't remember what I got now, but uh, I, di I did not get that, and I regret it. Yeah. It's good. What is this one again? Uh, Telstar 4. Telstar. Which is our latest version of a double IPA. Thunder going on uh, It sounds like it. Telstar 4. Here we go right there. IPA Imperial Double New England Style. And there's no description on here whatsoever. That's all it says. 8.2% ABV. 
It doesn't even list IBUs on here. It's got an average rating of 4.3 on untapped, so it's a good rating. Uh, Adam and Justin do a great job of, th this is kind of like what we would call the experimental model. It's a, it's a good recipe based off of uh, a New England style IPA, and each recipe, they change the hops. Okay. And uh, we recently did a beer that held, had Nelson Sauvin hops in it, New England style, or excuse me, a New Zealand hop. And that kind of opened the floodgate to experiment with even, you know, larger amounts of hops or different styles of hops. Right. So this is kind of like the, the beer that we get to experiment on. It's the, the same recipe for grains. Um, it's just the hops they change around. Okay. Yeah, and this guy here said, uh, I thought the three was excellent, but somehow they made it better with the four. So, <laughs> now, see, personally, and I haven't tried the other, you know, one, two, and three, so I can't compare it to anything. But I, I like the three better than this one, but only because I had the opportunity to taste them side by side. Right. No, this is phenomenal. Very good. And what hop is in this? Do you know? Ah, nope. Don't know. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't list it on here. That's what I hate about it on tap sometimes. Depending on who loads the beers, uh, you know, it depends on, uh, that determines what information you get. But it, it may be on our current menu. I don't know if the other, the other ones are listed here. Yeah, so this one, the Telstar, the original. Dripping with ripe mango, fresh sweet oranges, and rounded out with a dank, pithy, dark character. Hopped with Vic Secret, Citra, Lupulin, and Motica. So that was number one. Tailstar 2. Uh, Ella Hops from Australia and Amarillo Lupulin Powder. So you guys are doing a lot of uh, Lupulin stuff over there instead every, of uh, whole hop or whole cone or every once in a while. It's I wouldn't say it's, is that the new thing in brewing. Uh, it's a different thing. Okay. I've been seeing it more and more often. Uh, it just seems like it's probably easier, right? Probably maintains better too, as far as going bad or whatever. I mean, do you have a hop that goes bad? You know, if it sits there too long, it just is. You know, loses I, its flavor profile or whatever. Uh, I'm not sure because we don't let them sit around long enough to do that. And uh, Telstar three doesn't have any description, so I don't know what it's got in it. But, but so three and four have no description on. Telstar on four has a Citra Cascade and Motuka. Okay. I like all those. Citrus fruit overload. Yeah. Cascade helps kickstart the beer revolution. Pithy orange, tangerines, grapefruit, and overripe mango is the official fermentary so, description. That sounds about right. <clears throat> Citrus probably my favorite hop. What do you think? You have a favorite? Ah, uh, man, the New Zealand ones. Uh, I'm really the Nelson Sauvin. Mm -hmm. um, I think Motuka is the other one. Right. I really love the Nelson Sauvin beer we did. There was something about, and and I'm lucky. I get the chance to smell them when you open the bag up. 
before sure. they go in the beer. It just really attracted me to that one. Right. How about you? You got a favorite hop? I like the Citra. That's probably my favorite out of any of them. It's funny, though, that uh, every once in a while, and you probably know this, too, when you, you have a customer who has <clears> had three or four different beers and they pull up a beer and they say, oh, man, I love the Citra hops in this beer. And you're like, man, there's no Citra hops in there. Right. But uh, every once in a while, there is somebody that really gets it right. But I think being able, it's kind of like a wine connoisseur. Um, a sommelier can pick out maybe the very particular different notes. Right. Yeah, Cicerone. Yeah, Cicerone. Yeah. But uh, I think when it comes to like general populace, the taste buds have changed to where people can say, oh, that's West Coast, that's New England IPA. But I, I really, because I have a hard time picking out the different hop flavors. Yeah. Uh, Me too. Because there's just so many right now. I mean, yeah. we, we get and a hop book that, them. that has hundreds of different hops in there. Right. This is a good one. I appreciate you bringing it. Well, thank you. My pleasure. Yeah. Thank thank Adam and Justin for making it and brewing it. <laughs> I will. I'm going to get over there and thank them for sure. It's it's my pleasure to clean kegs for that. <laughs> yeah. That's one other thing I wanted to say about the, the craft beer industry. And like I said, you know about it, is that 90% of the people work hard every day. It's it's a heavy, hot, wet environment. Uh, the brewers are up on the brew deck for hours on end. Uh, anybody dealing with beer, you know, 24 hours a day, they're worried about the beer. Yeah. So it's it's an industry where there's so many people that just work hard for it, as opposed to getting up, checking their email, wandering in, doing a little computer work, maybe a meeting or two. Sure. The one, one of the great things about uh, hanging around with Chris Brown at Holy City is that I've had the pleasure of being in a couple meetings with him, and it's while we're standing in the brewery or sitting in the brewery. You know, mm -hmm. it's not in an office or a boardroom somewhere. Oh, yeah. Every meeting I see them have over there, it's, it's around the table there at the brewery, and they're drinking yeah. some beers and having some food. And... But your feet might be getting wet. They're, you know, you're going to be getting a little hot. There's still people wandering around doing stuff. Yeah. It's it, it really is a, a great industry for people who are dedicated to working hard. Right. Um, and, man, if you come up in the industry, you've, you've earned it. Yeah. I mean, especially a place like that, right? I mean, you got the, the temperature right now, you know, feels like 104 degrees and the humidity is 70, 80 degrees. And then you're standing over an open fermenter, you know, with all this extra heat coming off on you. I mean, that's, you know, yeah. That's work. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> Versus sitting in an air-conditioned building, like you said, behind a computer or whatever. Not that those guys aren't working hard, but it's a different. It's a, it's a different work. Yeah. There For was sure. um, There's been two I can think of to where I think, I can't remember if it was two blokes, cooler went, that went bad, and they had to go to Ghost Monkey, or Ghost Monkey had to go to two blokes, but... You know, they called for volunteers, and everybody was carrying kegs of beer. Mm -hmm. uh, a sixth of beer is not light. It's like 80 pounds. Right. A half barrel, 100 and something pounds. Yeah, 155 pounds, I think, or something. So yeah. 
when you just say moving beer, it's not just you're picking up a six pack and walking no. over. Yeah, I get a workout every day. But you get people willing to do that to help the other person out. I mean, that's that's a that's a big difference than saying, "Hey, I'm gonna write you a, a check for fifty bucks." Yeah. So it's there's a there's a lot of people now on my phone contact list that have said you can just call. Very cool. It is. It's and you know how it is. It's a you, you make people that are friends that uh, you you realize you can depend on because they're used to depending on people. You know, yeah. they 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 got to depend on the people to have stuff clean, to move, to to be able to brew, to be able to lift, to be able to work, to be able to serve the customers. And man, you find people like that, it's great. Yeah. It's a great industry. I love it. And that's why you started your, your thing with craft beer, and that's why I started mine. And, um, man, it's just a great group of people. It is. It's been my pleasure ever since I moved here to be a part of it. Yeah. You ever think about moving back? Hell no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I'll, and I'll tell you one of the big reasons why is because um, but due to my background – I was somebody that passed a level of security clearance to work on a base in Kentucky that uh, builds um, Black Hawk helicopters. Okay. So it was a, they had a small little runway there. And what I had to do was I had to run security cable around the six mile of fence that surrounded this enclosure. Mm-hmm. I had to do it through all the months of winter. So the security cable through six mile of fence, the cable itself was something like 40 miles long. We had to attach it to the fence every six inches. Some of the weather we worked in was two degrees without the windshield. And I said to myself, I will never be this cold again. So once we move down here, it gets 30, 40 degrees. I'm still running around a sweatshirt. May, yeah, maybe 20 degrees. Yeah. Driving driving the Jeep through everything and just wondering, what are these people's problems? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't understand. Why is everybody off the road? Right. So, but yeah, I just, I said I'll never be that cold again. All right. Well, that's not a good place to end it. It Man, what an awesome evening. Thank you very much for your time and thank you for doing what you do. I know there's a lot of people that really appreciate, you know, just even a shout out or anything. Yeah, no problem, man. I'm going to continue to do it. I hope you do so as well. Uh, of course I will, as long as I can. And stay here in the low country. Don't move back to... Uh, uh, don't worry, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thank, Thank you, you for sir. coming in. And we will talk to you soon, guys.